Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union, and you can finance, buy, protect, and enjoy your auto purchase all through one convenient place. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash car buying. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Don't buckle up, Buttercup. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. My name is Andrew, hanging out with Marcus and Melanie today. How are you guys? Blessed and unstoppable. We're good. Nice. Hey, we've got a great guest in store today, but before we get to that, we've got a Patreon question of the day. Patreon question of the day is, what is your favorite meal that mama makes? Mama Holly? Mama Holly. Or anybody's maybe grandma, mama. Okay. Anybody. What's my favorite meal my mother makes? Mm-hmm. That's going to be uh, such a tough... Oh, it's going to be prime rib. Prime rib for Christmas. We only get to have it one time a day. It's so good. Or one time a year. It's so good. And we get all the fixes with it. So it's a meal. It's like the macaroni and cheese and everything you would ever like in, alas, a meal. So that uh, recipe is actually in Steve Ducey's cookbook. That's right. Um, yeah, we made the book. Yeah, she, uh, she made the book. So in it was... Um, like one of the top recipes. It was the number one recipe in, in America, right? Yeah, on, over Christmas. Over Christmas. Yeah. What's up, Mom? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> How about you, Jerry? Well, uh, being brought up in, a, in an Irish house, uh, I have to say corned beef and cabbage. Uh, you know, that's a, a staple. Uh, I was the oldest of four, and I must have peeled a thousand. No, no, let me back back. A million potatoes <laughs> growing up because it was always Gerald, peel the potatoes, and I'd say to Nana Callahan, all right, Nan, and uh, boy, I tell you. Uh, but I, I love potatoes, you know, being that's part of my, you know, but uh, corned beef and cabbage, if I see that on the menu. That's uh, it. In fact, uh, my lady, Chris, she makes it. Uh, we usually have it here once a year, of course, on St. Patrick's Day. Right. Uh, after I march in the uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade here in Naples. So we usually have a house full of people, and we have a corned beef and cabbage. Nice. Mm. There's so many good meals. It's, like, hard to, like, pick one. Well, you got it. That was the question. <laughs> I, I mean, my favorite family meal would be my grandpa's gumbo. That's good. Mm. We're from Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana. So my, oh, boy. My gra- and my, I still have my grandpa. So every time we see him, he makes his... I've had it. It's good. Gumbo. That's my thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man. You can't go wrong with chicken and dumplings. That's a, I think that's a staple oh, that's right. for us. Yeah, my mother makes good chicken I and dumplings, too. I do not man. like chicken and dumplings. What? I don't. It's slimy to me. <laughs> I don't like it. But we'll they eat craw- uh, yeah. <laughs> I eat crawfish. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, hey, thank you so much I'm for sure asking that question. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good question. Yeah, great question. Join us at patreon.com slash teamneverquit where you can actually access some exclusive content. You get to uh, ask your questions to our guests. There's some sweet swag, a challenge coin. If you want to join that community, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamneverquit. we got a great guest in store today. Gerald Jerry Sanford is a retired FDNY firefighter who found a second career at North Naples Fire and Rescue in Naples, Florida. Jerry authored the book, It Started with the Helmet, detailing his adventure returning a circa 1914 antique FDNY helmet found in Naples to Ladder 42 in the Bronx the day before 9-11. He returned to service as a volunteer after the attacks on the World Trade Center. 
Welcome to the show, Jerry. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you guys and to meet you. Thank you again. That's that's an amazing story. The, the I, I can't wait to hear it. I mean, your your whole life out there up up until the point to where we're sitting right now is, is amazing. But sometimes I, I think in my the the greatest stories there's the there's the big story the overall nine eleven when we got hit. But those little detailed stories that go along from each yeah. from house to house and person to person, man, those are amazing. Just yeah. they tell so many stories. So I, I I'm. I'm really looking forward to this. Well, we, uh, you know, I, I spent almost 30 years in the New York City Fire Department. I was blessed. To, uh, before that, I was three years. I was a, a New York City police officer. So that's a regular and, thing uh, with y'all, right? I just want to bring that up because I have when I came up to start living with y'all after some of my buddies fell, I would stay in the firehouses and then and we would go out. And then they would run it. We would run to the police, and they'd be brothers and cousins. But then you, they used to be firefighters. They just switch all the time. That's a regular yeah. thing. That's not a thing down here. That's unique yeah. to up there. <laughs> yeah, it's um, mostly uh, Marcus. Ninety-five uh, percent of, of uh, police officers switch over to the fire department. It's not the other way back. You yeah. know, it's a it's a different job being a cop. You know, sure. And I guess I guess I was never. Um, meant to be a cop. The reason I was a police officer was uh, in New York City, you take tests and you get on a list. So I took the police test. You put on the civil service uh, list, the same thing with the fire department. And the police called me first back in 1965. <clears throat> and I was old. Uh, I was 27 years old when I became a police officer. And mostly kids or young people get on uh, the, uh, at 21 or 22. I was 27. I, had, I was married. I had a son and I had just bought a house. And I was one of the uh, oldest um, rookies in the police academy. And uh, uh, it, it, here I went from a all white Catholic Staten Island, New York to an all Jewish Puerto Rican precinct in Manhattan. Now you talk about culture shot. <laughs> You know, I didn't understand the language. I didn't understand the food. You know, uh, it was, uh, but it taught me, uh, that was back in the 60s. And uh, there were rough times back then. You know, the, 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 the society was changing. And uh, it also taught me uh, negative things about how we treat each other. And I saw a lot of crap that I really was not part of Jerry. And... Uh, I couldn't wait to leave the police department and I, find, and I was called in 1968 and I switched over and went from a cop to a firefighter. And uh, it was like night and day. Uh, you know, we both have down jobs, you know, there's not, there's, uh, but the police department, you know, it's, uh, you go on a family dispute, the wife's gonna love you, the husband's gonna hate you or the opposite, right. you know, of that. Who likes to get locked up? Who, who likes to get a summons? <clears throat> you know, uh, with the fire department, uh, it had a whole different thing, you know? Um, I love going to work. Uh, pro uh, probationary school was rough. It was hot. It was uh, June and July and August in New York City, and it was brutal. But uh, I'm so happy that I switched over to the fire department and spent almost 30 years. Wait, so and, you were uh, upset because it was hot, and then you became a fireman? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. You go, I was just wondering if I heard that of, right. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Everybody's running out of the building, and I, my stupid ass, I'm running into the building, you know? But it was uh, a great changeover, and uh, I, I've never looked back uh, in, in the decision that I made. But just a funny story about when we, get, when we handed out our assignments, uh, I, I look up on the board and I see ladder 23. So I'm, I'm kind of naive. I don't know too much. I said, oh, that's not bad. I'm going to be in firehouse on 23rd Street in Manhattan. So that we're asking, oh, where'd you go? Where'd you go? So when the instructor found out, <clears throat> I thought that I was going to ladder 23 on 23rd Street. He started laughing. He said, hey, kid, you're going to Harlem, 139th Street and Amsterdam Avenue. So I was like, and of course, everybody broke my you know what because I yeah. was I thought I was going to Manhattan but uh, I passed a lot of firehouses from Staten Island <laughs> to Harlem that's a long you know, way <laughs> you know it was um, it was quite a quite a, a, a trip but 
anyway, that's that was my start in uh, in the fire service in 1968. That's awesome. So, how long when as you go through the as you're you went through it back then in the 60s. You made reference. You were a police officer, and the times were different. We're kind of in some times right now. A transition again, right? Yes. The similarities are, are they they're are they how are they different? Well, they're really not. Uh, they ch- it changed back then. Uh, I tell you, and when I got there in '68 in Harlem, a, a firehouse was like a, a beacon, a haven. The doors went up. You went out on a run. You left your shoes right on the right on the floor. Nobody nobody came in and stole anything or anything. It was you needed a band aid. You had to be you know you were injured. You needed air in your tires. Something somebody was chasing you. Uh, and that was we we really took care of the community then. But then we heard they were starting to uh, take things from the firehouse, and that's when, and back in those days, none of the fire engines were covered. They were all open. And then we'd hear about different stuff being thrown at us, thrown at the firefighters, shoes taken. So society was changing back in the, in the 60s and 70s. And, uh, but it, it got better. And it's, uh, you know, I, we just got back from New York just Friday. We were up there last week uh, to, to talk about the book. And uh, I can't believe how different New York City is now. Uh, we ha- the last time we were up there, I guess, was before the COVID. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's just so quiet. Uh, it, I, I didn't feel unsafe. I don't mean to sound that way. But it's just restaurants are closed. Uh, stores are closed. Businesses are closed. This is right now. Oh. And uh, no traffic. You know, back in the day, there would be 40 people opposite you trying to cross the street, and there was 40 people standing with you. And when the light turned green, everybody rushed across to get across the avenue. Yeah. Now, you might have six or seven people, and you just walk across the street. The biggest fear we had was by people on bicycles. I mean, it's crazy. You know, I just never saw my city uh, like that, and that we just got back. Yeah, and, well, uh, it's like they, it has the flu, uh, right? Every, 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 you know, the um, whole city has the flu. That's why it's on lockdown no, kind of deal. The, 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 the COVID and then uh, the crime. I saw police officers last week in the financial district, and two of them had BARs. There was about eight of them standing there. They had on bulletproof vests, and they were armed. I walked up to them. I said, hey, what did I miss? Did I miss something? And they're looking at me like I'm nuts. I said, uh, what are you doing all geared up? I said, I was a cop before you were born. I said, what's going on? They said, oh, this is normal for us now. I couldn't believe it. In in, in my city, I'm like, are you kidding? They said, no. I said, what happened to my city? And it was at seven of them. They all looked down. Not one of them would look at me. I just said, oh, my goodness. Is is my city coming back? And again, they just shook their heads. I mean, so I don't mean to go off on a political rant. Don't don't get me wrong. No, no, it's fine. But I... We were just so taken back at the difference in, in two or three years what has happened to New York City. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Yeah, we'll get it back. They'll come back stronger. We always do. Let's get into the book how you and how this all started. Okay, well, uh, about six years ago, uh, I met my lady, Chris, and unbeknownst to me, she started uh, recording my stories on her cell phone. 
we travel Chicago and New York, of course, and New York. I, we go up every year. I'm in the uh, I'm in the 9/11 medical monitoring program because of the cancer that I had. So we go up every year, and I tell her these stories. So finally, this past January, she said to me, uh, "If you can be quiet for a little while, because I'm kind of a loud guy. I'm from New York, you know." And she said, "I want to I want to concentrate and finish something." Well. She put together 12,000 words, Marcus, and she wrote this book. And it, it started with a helmet. When I retired uh, in 1997 from the fire department in New York, <clears throat> I came down here three years later. And then in May of 2000, I got a job. And uh, the chief hired me. And he said to me a couple of weeks after hiring me, you know, we have a New York City fire helmet here in Naples. I said, wait a minute, how do you get a fire helmet here in Naples? He said, a man walked into the fire station one day. He said it was his father's and he didn't want it anymore, which I thought was a little strange. But and he gave it to us and we have it up on the uh, hanging on the wall over at the ladder 44. So we drive over and we, I walk in, Marcus, and I look up on the wall and there's an old black leather fire helmet. And it has on the front piece, it has 4-2 in red. I knew immediately that that was, came from the 42 truck in the South Bronx. In fact, it was where my former boss, the fire commissioner, that was his first firehouse. So I'm shocked. I'm like, how the hell did this have, how did this helmet wind up in Naples, Florida? So he said, do you think they'd want it back? I said, of course they want it back. So I called fire headquarters and I, I immediately got abused by the fire commissioner. Like who would fire, who would hire you? We just got rid of you, you piece of shit. After 30 years, why would we want, why would somebody take a chance and blah, blah, blah. So after we got the ribbing over with, he said to me, you know, the firehouse is being renovated now. It's not going to be finished until next year, which was 2001. So I had to talk to the press office all through that time. And about July, Frank Ribbon calls me and said, <clears throat> you better make your travel arrangements. The firehouse is going to be completed and it's going to be uh, rededicated on uh, Monday, September 10th, 2001. So 2000, September 10th, 2001, what did that mean to anybody? What did it mean? It didn't mean anything. So on September 8th, we flew up to New York. I found the man who gave us the helmet. George Kuntz Jr. and uh, two chiefs, and we flew to New York City. So they wanted to go to the firehouses where I had worked. So I took them to Ladder 23 in Harlem, Ladder 131 in Brooklyn in Red Hook, I took them to Brooklyn Fire Communications, and we went all over the city. But we didn't go to the World Trade Center. There was no reason, no draw that I felt. So the morning of September 10th, we wind up in the South Bronx at the firehouse. And there are hundreds and hundreds of firefighters there for the rededication to cut the ribbon. I get reunited again with Mayor Giuliani, who I had worked with uh, for years. Father Judge, who was one of our Catholic chaplains, they had an altar built and he was going to say mass. Anyway, uh, as it turned out, uh, that was the last mass that Father Judge said, because he was killed the next day, some 20 hours later along with about seven or eight of my other friends and fellow firefighters. Uh, looking back at it now, uh, it was just, uh, you know, how, how could that have happened? So after the, uh, after the uh, presentation, we went, to, we went uh, back to LaGuardia Airport and uh, we checked in our luggage and we were supposed to fly back that night of September 10th back to Naples. But a storm hit New York City that nobody remembers, but I do. They, it closed all three New York City airports, LaGuardia, JFK, and Newark. Yeah, that's, so a, that's got, got a precursor, right? Pardon me? That's how you knew something was coming in. <laughs> oh, boy. So the next morning, we went to my daughter's in uh, Riverdale. We got back to the airport at uh, 5.30 in the morning. And at 6.30, we flew out two hours before the attacks from LaGuardia Airport. It was a beautiful, 
blue sky. And I thought about this years later. You know, I could have been on one of those hijacked planes. You know, I mean, it just was one of those. Uh, they, uh, it didn't happen. But anyway, so now we're changing planes in, uh, in Pittsburgh. And uh, I get called to a television set. And uh, they're screaming my name. And uh, I go down. And that's when I look up. And I see that uh, a plane had, run, had crashed into one of the towers. I walk back to the gate and the captain's standing outside. That's when everybody, the, the crew used to stand outside the planes. And uh, we get on the plane, 10 minutes later, the plane, we backed out, back back in, the pilot threw us all off the plane. And uh, it was pandemonium in uh, Pittsburgh airport, people running around screaming. So then we, uh, we all got online, we rented a car eventually. But we had no idea that a second plane had hit the second tower. We didn't know anything about Shanksville or the Pentagon because we were just we were just listening uh, to the radio. And uh, in the car, we heard that the towers had collapsed and we stopped at a rest area and we went rushing in. And that was the first time I saw that terrible cloud that was drifting across uh, from New York. So that kind of. Uh, sums it all up, uh, what the book is about. There's a little bit more in it, but uh, that's kind of what happened to me around 9-11. Um, I, I went back about, uh, about a week later and I helped and stayed up there till almost the end of October. You helped with the rescue? Uh, actually, I went back into the press office. Uh, my last nine years, in the fire department, I was uh, in the press office and I retired as the press secretary to the fire commissioner. So uh, I went, I would have went down to the pile and helped dig with my brothers looking for survivors, but I felt I was, I could help the job better by doing what I knew best. And that was talking to the media. And uh, all of that, all of the major news shows that you saw on TV, uh, I was behind the scenes arranging for all the speakers and uh, talk about what that's like. I mean, because the chaos on the ground when everything's coming down, that's that's one thing. It is, when we, especially when we're watching it unfold. But then there's the, there's also the chaos inside everyone's minds. What what's happening? What do we do? Somebody tell us something. Because a lot of times you see the. the that when pandemonium is happening, people are trying, if everyone's putting out a different word, it, may, it creates more chaos. Talk about how that was going down, how you guys navigated that. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Well, it was, uh, it was very difficult. You know, everybody, especially the media, they wanted to go in uh, into a firehouse and talk to a fireman or a widow or someone. And we, uh, I could go in there and and grieve and cry with the firefighters because that was my job. But uh, we had a hard time with that. It was a very difficult, plus, plus we lost uh, 343 firefighters and they were from all ranks, firemen, lieutenant captains all the way up. And it was very hard to replace all those men. You know, uh, with all those years of experience uh, gone, uh, but, but at, uh, to, uh, what Mel had asked about uh, uh, how, do, how did we how did we uh, how did we deal with that? Uh, it was just a uh, we just did it, you know. It was a tough time to fill those voids, and uh, uh, towards towards the end, I uh, I went to the fire commissioner and I said to him, uh, 
towards the end of October, I said, Tommy, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm burnt out. Uh, I can't do this anymore. I can't go to any more funerals. I can't go to any more wakes. Uh, you know, the, uh, as, as Mel mentioned, uh, looking for survivors. Unfortunately, uh, we were looking for survivors, I guess, the first 10, 12 days. But then after that, it got to be a recovery uh, operation where we were just looking for parts of bodies, bodies. And uh, that was that was the most difficult part. Uh, and then you had fathers of missing sons combing the pile, uh, you know, looking for their looking for their kids, you know. Yeah. And uh, I ran into many, many of my fellow brothers that I knew their kids were missing. And to this day, some of them uh, still have not been found. And that's 20 years. So to explain it uh, to people who aren't familiar, when the towers came down, there's, it also cavitated a hole, right? Because New York City, a lot of it's underground. So it actually yeah. sunk down in. So what you saw on top was just like the remnant of a pile. Most of it was under 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 the city and on fire, right? It was, it was like a molten. Like yes. A... Yes. Yes, Mark. That that burned, oh my gosh, I don't know, months and months. For a while, yeah, a long time, uh, right? Like a lake of fire down there. Yeah, oh, there was a lot of fire, which which was fueled by the jet fuel from the planes. And that just added to the, uh, you know, to the, to the fire. I got, a, I got a question. So jet fuel, fuel is, it, it burns, right? But it, it doesn't, JP8 doesn't, doesn't catch fire. Or, um, am I saying that right? And that's designed for a reason. It does burn hot, but it doesn't. It's designed to not catch fire instantly. Right. Correct. Yes. So the but when it when it does, it burns for a long time. And down underneath the catacombs in the old city, all those ruins. I mean, it was just like a kindling for a perfect fire, right? Yes, it was. It, it took I don't know how many millions of gallons of water to extinguish the fires, and uh, it just went on and on and. Uh, Unfortunately, the government officials said that uh, the question was asked, do we need a mask or something down there? And they said, I'm not even going to mention the names of these officials. Uh, oh, yeah, it's fine. So, of course, uh, we all went in there. I took news crew in there almost every day. And uh, nobody put a mask. Nobody put any protective uh, breathing, anything on it, you know. And... Uh, Lo and behold, seven uh, six years later, uh, I get the, uh, I, I don't want to get into it at any length. I get di diagnosed with the lung cancer. I'll, among amongst, I'm one of the many, many uh, first responders that have uh, been inflicted with lung cancer and different cancers. Oh yeah, we're, still, we're, yeah, it's a, it's a widely known a, thing. Wasn't there a trial about that? I was about to say they're taking care of y'all, right? That should that, that's being taken care of. Uh, I'm sorry. Say that again, Marcus. Well, no, we, we, as Americans, we're very familiar with that. You guys got sick up there because you're going in yeah. and, and doing that. They're taking care of y'all, right? Yes, they are. Okay, yes, good. they are. Uh, but unfortunately, in fact, uh, in three weeks is, is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Yes, sir. And uh, I MC a uh, remembrance ceremony every year. And this year is the first year that we're going to be reading all the names of the first responders that were killed on 9-11 and all the first responders that have died since 9-11. And uh, the total as of the other day was like 920. If you add them all up, including the ones on 9-11, it comes to about 920 people that have succumbed to the illnesses. Uh, well, the, the, the guys that were killed that day and then uh, the uh, people that have passed right. away since. Wow. It's so sad. I've been to the 9-11 Museum in New York City uh, many times. That's Almost... our favorite place to go. I mean, we ha we try yeah. to make a trip every year, especially right before Christmas, to get in the Christmas spirit. Well, we watch you guys light that tree up. <laughs> well, we so when y'all uh, when, when we all, everyone caught the flu and sh and everyone shut down, yeah, we're we're kind of man, we're praying for y'all. <laughs> but every time we go up to New York City, we we stop and spend some time at the 9-11 Museum oh, yeah. just to reflect because it's. I mean, even yes. in Marcus's life, that was, I mean, a huge... So I used to stay at the firehouses. When I, my publishing oh. house and, and my, the, is up there. The first time I ever went to New York, this is a great story. I, I got to dress up. I was in my Navy uniform. I, not my Cracker Jack. I was in my blues and went up there and got to go to see 
uh, New York City firsthand from all the publishing houses and, and travel around to... Um, they try to put me up in these expensive hotels, but I just go stay at the firehouses. I literally walk was, in and knock on it. It was <laughs> Engine 53, yeah, yeah. Ladder 43. Right, right. That's, I think it's in Harlem. That was oh, in the, cool. right, oh, yeah, 103rd. Right, right there, the, it started oh, yeah. with them, but then I started working. I 5343, sure. Right? So um, Michael Murphy, that was on the mission with Marcus, uh, Medal of Honor recipient, he uh, had a friend that had worked at that fire department right yeah that gave, yeah that gave him that patch and so when michael murphy was killed he was wearing we all were the firehouse patch yep. and when um when marcus got back he went and stayed at that firehouse and i've been since we even brought our kids there one time oh, yeah that was i mean i thoroughly enjoy that it is completely different than the life that i grew up in and that i know down here but that's we always i was always taught hey if you're from the country you better have a city friend and vice versa because where <laughs> i that's where i learned that the police officers the firefighters switch because there's a set of twins up there that i buddy around with and they and they they kind of introduced us to that world and if you want to see that city then you need to become uh friends with the people who protect it because they know it better there than anybody go. i mean it was a, it's an absolute joy to come up there and hang out with y'all the best time yes. we ever had yes. in new york city uh we even had marcus's mom and my grandma with us but everybody up there we had a big group and some of the police officers took us around new york city and showed us time the, of our life the city from their perspective you, you, you can't have a better party you can't throw a better party <laughs> uh, uh, pay for a place to go eat at better yeah, than the, what they'll show you. The firehouse is the best. Well, that game. hands down. I don't care who you are, how much money you got. If you're, you're king somewhere, if you don't roll like that, <laughs> then you've never seen that city. That's right. That's right. We were we were just up last week promoting the book, and uh, well, actually, we went up there. We went back to forty two where the helmet is. Mm -hmm. Now it's been twenty years, Marcus, since I gave them the helmet back. Yes, sir. And uh, about three weeks ago, Chris said to me, hey, why don't we go to 42? I said, yeah, why don't we go to 42? So I make a phone call and the, the house watchman, he answers the phone and uh, his name is Scooter Rizzuto. Now, if you know that's the US, fantastic, New York, <laughs> the, the New, York, New York Yankees, who I hated all my life, incidentally. Uh, anyway, that's hilarious. I said, what's your name? He says, Scooter, Scooter Rizzuto. I said, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Anyway. We, we instantly, as you know, Marcus, we, we connected. Right. Fireman to fireman. Oh, yeah. Didn't matter. I said, hey, Scooter, uh, you know that helmet that you have in that kitchen? He says, yeah. I said, well, I brought it back 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Anyway, so we just went up, and we went to Ladder 42, Engine 73, this past Wednesday, last Wednesday. And uh, we were welcomed in like, like, like we were the king and queen. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, retired men that I hadn't seen in years came back. We had about 25 to 30 people for lunch. They had to bring in extra tables and yeah, chairs and everything. And uh, we uh, we really had a great reunion uh, with the brothers up there. And uh, in fact, the uh, CBS TV uh, reporter uh, came up and she did a great interview uh, with me about the, about the whole story, about the helmet. And uh, it was great being back, uh, of course, being back in the city, being back in a firehouse, you know, it was just uh, incredible. Then we, then we stopped at uh, uh, Ladder 131 in Brooklyn, where I had spent many years. And I called them and we went down there. And again, we were greeted warmly uh, talking about the old days and... Uh, I was there in the 70s. I said, I was here before you guys were born. You know, <laughs> that was a long, it was a long time ago. But uh, we had some, we had a great time up in New York. And uh, um, we're looking forward to going back up again. It was just kind of a, uh, we did a whole bunch of stuff with the book. And uh, so that's where we are. So we're back now in Naples and uh, uh, looking forward to, uh, 9-11, not looking forward to it. That's really not the words, but you know where I'm from. Sure, yes, I'm sir, absolutely, from. 100%. You know, we're having, a, we're having a beautiful remembrance down here inside the, in the gymnasium of Naples High School because uh, outside it's going to be 120 degrees down here. Yeah, but you're in Florida. Really put you're a lot of people in, uh, in, a, in the Freedom Park. I built a, just a sidebar. Uh, I helped build a Freedom Memorial here in Naples uh, 
I raised uh, two million dollars. It took uh, almost uh, twenty years to build it, and uh, it's it's here. It's one of the most beautiful memorials in the country. So uh, and it's but it's on a very small piece of property. So we couldn't we couldn't put a whole lot of people there and uh, have this memorial. But anyway, that's where uh, that's where we're up doing now, Marcus. And very happy to be. Uh, I always, I always think about the, anytime we go, I was just recently in a firehouse and visiting and, and it's, if an amazing thing would be to have a captain's log that had literally every story that came in from the firehouse, you could get on like a, a secure side and just read that whole after action report of the guys telling the stories because it is the job, but it's also the type of guy that goes into it. And when, when yeah. I talked to him, I was like, Hey, look, we're, we're the same. We, we, from the same cloth, like the fire, the enemy we fight man we're in our uniform but you know we can look at it and talk to it y'all can't do that y'all are armed up with the most powerful weapon we have down here water it's your sword right, right? you run into that freaking most everybody else is hauling ass the other way and <laughs> but it, the funniest stories come out of when a firefighter gets his ass caught on fire man and goes in there to do that and the 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 camaraderie and the teamwork that goes into dealing with something like that creates the most is it a hostile environment sure but it is still loving, and there is there is a posture in it, right? There is an outline that keeps us yeah. keeps y'all alive and keeps y'all moving, and and that in itself produces a life that that man, we just glad y'all exist. Truthfully, I have a funny story, Marcus. I, I like to tell everyone. When I was a probie up in ladder twenty three, uh, after lunch one day, you know, we're in the kitchen and. The, you know the bravado. I can take more smoke than you. Oh yeah, yeah, I can take more smoke. So two guys, I think it was Quigley and uh, Bill Dumas, two big giant men, uh, truckies. And uh, so they got a pail, they got some paper and a couple of rags and they set the pail on fire. So uh, outside on the apparatus floor was this little room and all I had in was a toilet, a toilet, a bowl. That was it. <laughs> so it, it was so small, you're lucky you got in it. Right. These two gorillas get in it and uh, with the pail. And this thing is smoking like crazy. So they close the door and somebody grabs a nail and a hammer and we <laughs> nail the door closed. And the smoke, smoke market, I'm laughing now. I'm there. That's and awesome. Coming out of the eaves, under the door, around the thing. And now they're banging on the door, you know? So we, I don't know how long we left them in there, but we pulled out the nail and they come falling out. These two huge men are now on the ground, rolling around. You know, they're, they're trying to get their next breath. So now when they, we, now we disappear. We were out of there because they're going to kick the shit out of us. I mean, they're going to just nail us. So that was a, a, a very funny story that uh, I kind of pass on. That happened a long, uh, a long time ago. But that's, that's the brotherhood. Yeah, Mark. that's what I'm talking about. Those kind of stories that, that, that yeah. happened, man. That, those are priceless. That's, that's mild compared to some of the some of the things we we I don't, I don't know if you could do it now okay I'm talking about in in the war years back when we you know we thought nothing of it I mean we had a lot of we went to a lot of fires uh, a lot of fires with convoys when we had uh, looting and blackouts and rioting and all and uh, they they were dangerous times they really were and. Uh, I, I, I don't think these our cities will ever get back to that again. I hope and pray they don't, you know. So, uh, but, oh, we'll, but, uh, we'll get better. We learn. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's it's like taking a, a trip down that that old the memory lane. Also brings back a lot of that stuff. But it's uh, we always learn from it. So with nine eleven coming up and it being the twenty year anniversary in Afghanistan and the way that it is right now um, with the Taliban being in control again what do you, what are your feelings on the just the state of America right now and with the anniversary coming up well you know it's in, in three short weeks everything has kind of changed you know with the with the Taliban moving in as quickly as they did and it was like we were sitting there with our sitting on our hands like what the hell is going on here you know you know what's what happened to our leadership? How, how did they, how did they come into a country that I thought that we had uh, great allies with the Afghan army, mm -hmm. and uh, 
how did how did the situation deteriorate deteriorate excuse me so quickly we're now uh we're we're we're, we're flying planes in and out trying just to get our our americans out the americans out and the people that helped us all those years all those afghans now to answer your question uh meg uh i'm a little uh that's like letting a, letting a fox ba fox back into the hen house again, you know, and uh, you know we we have to we have to get back to uh, where we were, uh, you know, on the day after uh, on September twelfth, two thousand one, you know, all the United States we were one neighborhood. I remember we that. We, we I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. We were all New Yorkers all the way down. You know, I was in Florida when that happened. And I remember swelling up. I was like, oh, you could feel like an energy going around when that happened. Uh, you couldn't buy a flag. You couldn't find a flag. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were all, I remember this distinctly. And I, uh, when we were, uh, we were one, one neighborhood, everybody was together. And when I would go to the, to, to the pile, I hated that word pile or the pit. When, we, when I would go there and take the news crew along, uh, West Street, uh, there were hundreds and hundreds of people, Americans, standing there shouting USA, USA, and thank you with signs. And there were strangers, and, but, I, but, but we were together. Mm -hmm. I was a first responder taking the, these film crews into the site. And I'll never forget that. I could go there, Marcus, at 2 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. Didn't matter. Didn't matter the weather down there. These people were out there cheering us on. And we have to remember that. I mean, that's what's going to, uh, you know, uh, I'm just afraid that the, uh, the Taliban or something is going to really be, really be bad uh, of them, what, what they just, what they did. They took over Afghanistan for 20 years. What about if I had a son or a daughter that was killed over there? How would I feel now? Yeah. That we just up and left. What 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 was the sacrifice? What did my kids do over there? For what? You know? I mean, that's uh I deal with a lot of veterans over here in organizations and uh, a lot of Afghan and Iraqi veterans that come back. I can't I can't even imagine what they must think now. You know? Uh and they come back with PTSD. They come back all, and I don't have to tell you, the suicide rate is just, oh, my God. I, I, you know, I'm on this social media at night with Chris uh, called TikTok, or TikTok, TikTok. I call it TikTok. Right. But I get calls. Uh, we, we hear from these young firefighters that have PTSD, and I message them on the side and tell, I ask them to call me, and I've spoken to a few of them. And uh, I guess my message to them is there's help out there. You know, don't do, don't do anything rational. Call me. I might not have the answers for you, but all these departments now have HR. They have HR departments. They have uh, help for you. So uh, even if, if, let's say you have a call today and there's a drowning and you, and you lose a child and you go back to the firehouse, you take your gear off and then you go home, you know, talk to somebody. A lot of these departments have these teams that come in that will talk to you about what you just saw. Dispatches too, especially dispatches. You know, they're uh, you know, and the PD and the cops and and uh, you know, it's a different life is so different now. You know, and we have to adapt to it and we have to uh, uh, do our best. And I tell them, uh, you know, keep your head in there and talk to somebody. Don't. Don't do anything drastic. Uh, this is not in the 1940s. This is 2021. And uh, a lot of your departments have mental health for you to uh, help you out there. I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but... Uh, no, you're not. You're fine. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know now being a... How, being a police officer, I mean, they're resigning from these cities. They're cutting back. They want to cut back funding for the cops. I mean, it's, it's unheard of, Marcus, unheard of. You know, what is, uh, 
you know, but meanwhile, all these politicians have their own private security. I mean, what's going on? That's, you know, that's crazy. Well, it's everyone's just, finding, everyone's seeing what's going on. Yeah, it's being exposed. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we don't even have to get on and say anything. It's on, it's like you can sit there and watch it. I mean, on, going down on, on video, live. They're, they're collapsing themselves. Yeah, the evil will always be exposed in the end. Yeah, it's coming it back around. Right and all it, all it takes is one shift like that. It's already happened, actually. So is when people are kind of like painted. Because we talked about this yesterday. There's a difference between looking at something, seeing something, and watching it. Mm. And yes. when, when our focus is shifted to something else, and we can still see it in our gaze, but that doesn't mean that we're you know, watching it and looking at it. Well, now we are. I was like, everybody yeah. shift their focus right back around onto the leadership. When we were dealing yeah. with stuff, and that was still, until it, that was, this was the one thing that got everyone's attention. Yeah, and where are they? What are yeah. they doing? And then this is when you get to, when you see the point now when all them people who bark like they've been doing on TV when it, when it, when the rubber meets the road, when it gets hard. They're not there. No, they, they're the ones that that roll out. So yeah. I, you know, it's it, if you didn't know that, then you weren't you not they, people weren't really paying attention in life. But that's how people are. Those people who bark, talk about ugly things, talk down to people and stuff like that, as soon as they get smacked across the face, man, they're out of there. And they're not saying nothing. No. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's just life. Life is its yeah. own thing. It's designed to do that to you, especially if, if you're not acting right. I can't even begin to explain right. the similarities between the leaders, the, the, like the politicians are in right now. They're the ones that came in during, after Vietnam. They've been in it this whole time. Yeah. They're, 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 they started and ended with the same thing, that helicopter coming in and out of there. Oh, boy. Yes. I mean, I just, yes. you can't, and that, I didn't make that up. I'm not trying to pick on anybody or talk smack. That's how it is. Yeah. I mean, and Marcus's dad fought in Vietnam, and then Marcus fought in the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, and it's like, it, it really is history just repeating itself. Yeah, no, yeah. we know what we're looking at. We didn't die, and, and we can see it. Now that's, it used to be we get separated in the intelligence or the, the media wasn't out there, man, but now it's like everyone's the media. They're telling you what's going on. You don't have to go to one channel and just tune in. And it, when, when you see it coming back around and you see it repeating itself, enough of us are watching it to where we can shift it now. We'll change it. It can't creep up yes. on us, right? Yes. Well, thank you for sharing yeah, your I'm, story. Yeah, I can say um, this to you all day. I, I, I thoroughly think that that y'all should write a book. I think all the firefighters, there should be a, like a captain's log where civilians can just <laughs> log in and read. Now, I understand the point that the whole reason you get the stories is because you went through the stuff to get them, right? You have to earn that right to hear them every day. So I know that book will never exist. The same thing like the SEALs. You just won't, it's our, it's our right to understand those stories because we're the ones that live in that hell. And, uh, you know what I mean? Sure. Absolutely. I so thank you for everything that you've done. I, I, I seriously, from the bottom of my heart, my, uh, the firefighters, especially up in New York City, just everywhere, man. You guys, yeah, and girls, excuse me, y'all, y'all are something. We have a lot of respect for all of y'all. Um, how can we support you and our listeners support you and find your book? Well, you can get it on Amazon, and I think Bonds and Noble has it also. And uh, it's it, it started with a helmet, and uh, again, we we're on this. Uh, this crazy thing at night is a TikTok. Here I am, 83 years old, and and my lady says, you know, we're the oldest two people on TikTok. It's all it's all for the young young people. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's amazing. Each night we're on from seven to eight, and uh, I get I get we get responses from all over the world, Marcus. I would never have thought that this medium would include, for instance, uh, the week before last. A young man, he said, uh, I'm a seaman in uh, His Majesty's Navy. Uh, I'm on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And I almost fell off the chair. <laughs> and said, I mean, he said to me, uh, there's 150 sailors sitting in a, uh, an area on the ship with a huge television screen. And we're, we're listening to you for guidance. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you know, so it's, uh, I talk to them, Antarctica, Africa, the UK, all over the world. And uh, I've advised, like I said before, I've advised some of them about PTSD, about getting help and all. But it's just an amazing phenomenon, this TikTok. And uh, 
we, 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 I, I ask your, your, your listeners to tune in at night. Uh, and we talk about the fire department and where I worked and uh, different stories, not, not too many stories, but uh, just try to, uh, you know, I, what the thing I, I point out is we have to be nice to each other. You know, my mother taught me growing up, Gerald, it doesn't cost anything to be nice to people. And every night I try to, I say that. And uh, because sometimes out there, you know, people, uh, uh, you know, society's changed. I hope it's that, that the pendulum is going back. But uh, those are just some of the things where they, I would, I would like them to reach out to us on TikTok or get the book. And uh, it's just a small novel that about me bringing the fire helmet back to the South Bronx uh, uh, 20 years ago. So uh, I guess that's, that's the importance of, uh, of us, of our friendship. I mean, I, ne- I didn't know of you guys, but uh, I'm honored to that you uh, allowed us to come into your, oh. your living room. You know, Mr. Sanford, we uh, got a file on you, sir. We got you all covered <laughs> down on you part of this and never, ever ages rank. It has nothing yeah. to do with how much fun you have. So that silver you have and it goes with that back you got. And when it comes to it's like how much silver, how much back, you got both. Yeah. So when, when you come on there and, you, and people look to you for wisdom, that's what that means. So they're going to, we shut up when you open your mouth and you start talking. Now, I, that's a, that's a true statement. And I tell you Thank what, you. I, 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 I want them to try Later, I'm going to try and make an arrangement with you because next time I'm in New York, I'm going to try and take that helmet out of there and bring it back to you just so they have to come <laughs> back down and well, like set up some kind of routine where we can go in there and try and snatch that thing and bring it back down to you so they have to come down and visit. Yeah. You're spoken like a true fireman. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, Mark, I don't know if you know Marcus's backstory, but he was a Navy SEAL and um, – his specialty is going in and sneaking things out yeah, of places. Uh, so he could definitely do that. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave, a, I'll just leave, a, leave a, a placard with your name on it and my name on it and us just giving a thumbs up. So. Uh, Marcus, God bless you both and your whole crew there. Thank uh, you all. Yes, sir. Take Thank care. You. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. You too. My yeah. pleasure. Bye. Hey, thanks so much, Jerry, for being on the show today. If you guys like what you heard, make sure to share it with a friend. This month is super special. It's 9-11. It's 20-year anniversary, and so we are trying our best to feature people that have incredible 9-11 stories, and Jerry's story was incredible. Make sure you check him out, tiktok.com slash at it started with the helmet, Facebook, it started with the helmet, Instagram, it started with the helmet, and make sure you check out that book. Again, I've said it a few times now, but it's it started with a helmet. It's an incredible book, an incredible story. Make sure you guys check that out. Follow us on social media, teamneverquit.com slash social. We will see you guys next week.